there is a, a lack of understanding and a lack of hearing the words of God right now in, in the earth. I don't know that there's ever been a darker period of time in the world. I, I'd spend a lot of my time listening and looking and, and searching and seeing you know, what people are saying and stuff. And I don't find any life in any of it. Nobody knows. Nobody has any answers. Oh, the Lord's going to do this and the Lord's going to do that. You know, he's kind of done it all already. And it's been right here the whole time. In a lot of cases, we've just missed it. People are waiting for the Holy Spirit to be poured out on all flesh. You know that's already happened, don't you? Yeah. We're in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. You know we're in the day of salvation, don't you? But there's a lack of understanding and there's a lack of hearing the true words of God because men have set out to do it in their own strength and effort, their own way. You know, a way that seems right unto a man, like it says in the Word, in that way there, it, it actually leads to death, not life. You ever notice how things these days are revival, revival, Lord, we need revival, revival, revival. Now, now consider this. If you are walking in the way of life, do you need revival? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, really, if it, a person is revival, revival, it's an indication that there is no life. Because do you revive something that's already alive? You, what you revive is something that's dead, right? So, really, to say that we need revival is a proclamation of death. It really, what you're in is death, dead, because we need to be revived. I've been to, for curiosity's sake, not to get anything, I've been to some revivals and things, and I've noticed that every one of them dies. It fades away. It goes away. It doesn't last. Because there's, there's something missing there. And what's missing is what I was just talking about, the seeing and the hearing of the Word of God. Because without that, there can be no life. Now, I've been in situations where the Holy Spirit's presence was there strong. It's never changed anybody. Lasting. And now, granted, it does, it does cause people's hearts to open up momentarily. But there, if there's no change of heart that takes place in them, they cannot stay that way. When you walk out the door, it goes away. So all you can do is just go look for that again. We want to know things that sustain and establish and, and heal and bring life and that kind of thing. Which is the Word, by the way, the Word of God. Now, I'm not talking about just reading the Scripture, but we want to hear the Word, the living Word of God in our spirit, in our human spirit. That's the only way and only place that we can know the Lord. We can't know Him with our intellect, with uh, information. It won't change us. And we can't know him with our emotions because emotions are shifting and changing all the time. But if we hear the word in our spirit, it will change us and we'll never be the same. And so that's what we desire and that's what we long for. And, and that's what we pursue ongoing is to hear and to understand and to know him. The whole purpose of this and, and that we might do pertaining to the kingdom of God is really just to know him and to understand him. That's really it. 
Because if we don't know him and we don't understand him, then the things that we do are not really pleasing and acceptable to him. It just ends up being our own strength and effort, which is futility. It won't produce anything. Out of desperation when I was a, a young man and the weight of the whole world was bearing down on my shoulders, I had a wife and got a new child and, and left everything, everybody, and on our own. And, and all of a sudden I got the weight on me. I looked momentarily toward the religious structure and I seen that there was something terribly wrong with it. So I, I seen there's got to be something more than that. And so out of desperation without knowing what else to do, I just told my wife, I said, I'm just going to pray and ask the Lord to show us what's right and to know, to know the truth and to know the, the way and that kind of thing. And with childlike faith, I opened my Bible and the words started to come alive to me, jumping off the page. And that was almost 40 years ago. You know, when I opened my Bible, which I, is on this tablet now, the word still jumps off the page at me. Not every time like it did then, but most of the time it does. And so, and what it does is it gives me insight into the word and understanding of him. And there is nothing more satisfying than hearing the word of God in your spirit. It completes us. It fulfills us. That thing that is in each one of us that God has put in us that yearns to be fulfilled, that's the only thing that fulfills it. That's the only thing. You know, you, people will accumulate uh, possessions and activities and hobbies and things just to try to fulfill that. And they always, always end up disappointed. And even to the point they have accumulated and, and tried to fulfill that with everything that the world offers and they're still unfulfilled and they just they can't take it anymore. See, it's not complicated. It's not in a building. It's not in a place. It's not in a man. It's not over here or over there. It is right near each one of us right now. And all we have to do is just receive it. That's really it. See, what happens is if we open up our heart and receive the Word, which is Christ. He is the Word, by the way. And He is the Spirit. All of the fullness of the deity dwelt in bodily form. And here, here's a kicker. And you have been given fullness in Christ. Wow. That's pretty powerful right there. And so what happens is if we receive that, then that life begins to work in us. And it'll bring us into what I just said, the fullness of Christ. The fullness of the deity. Christ in you, which is the hope of glory. Him literally dwelling in us, that we become one with him. You know, uh, men have complicated this thing so much. There's so many ways. The denominations, I think that we had talked about it. They say there's over 40,000, but the way they counted it is not accurate. There's probably... 20 to 30,000 denominations worldwide. If there were two, that's too many. Really. Because there's only one way. <laughs> there's not two ways, there's one way. <laughs> and there's still only one way. 
If you want to uh, hinder somebody, what you do is you distort the truth, right? You pervert it or distort it. Now it's complicated and, that, and confusion and all that kind of stuff. They have made it so complicated. You've got to do this, and you've got to do that, and you need to go there, and you need to do this, and you need... The Great Commission is, oh, man, that, that'll be put on you in a heartbeat. And, and I was asking earlier, just, a, you know, some of these questions we ask, it's good to ask questions. I ask the Lord questions all the time. And you know what? He answers them every time. And when he answers it, the way becomes simpler and easier. It doesn't become more complicated and harder. It actually becomes less and easier and that kind of thing. If the Great Commission that everybody demands that we go do, my question is, with all the doing, has it brought about the Bride of Christ in the earth? And you, If you say yes, I don't know what you're looking at or what you're considering to be the Bride of Christ, but... It's not what the Word says. What we are about here is we are about the bringing forth of the Bride of Christ for everyone that is willing to receive that or believe that. Many of us in this room right here, and maybe all of us in some regard, have been prepared for such a day as this. I, I know personally my life has been a preparation to be a servant and, a, and an aide and a, like an attendant to, a servant to the bride for her preparation and to prepare her for the day of her marriage, her union. That's what we're about. And the Lord is, is about doing that in earth, bringing forth that bride. And it's those that are willing to, to receive that and be part of that. To be part of that is going to require something of ourselves. It's going to require us to believe. That's really it. It's going to require us to believe. People don't understand because men have complicated it so much and distorted the truth for gain. Now, we can't forget for gain. That's why men do that, for gain. Because of selfish ambition, in other words, wanting to be somebody or to build a, a natural kingdom, and for greed, to profit from it. We don't want to build anything, and we don't want your money, and we don't want any of, any of your possessions. We don't want anything from you. But anybody in here that has anything from the Lord wants to give it freely. Amen. With nothing in return except just to love Him and to walk with Him. That's all. If it's ever becomes something more than that, then you need to kind of take a look at it. We need to know how the Lord views things and how he looks at things. And, and see, then when we, when we see it, really the way the Lord sees it, then we've got a choice to make. To either believe like he believes or not. There's no gray area in that, by the way. You know, pretty much everything that exists today is either this way or it's this way. But the way is this way. Everything is like that. You know, you pick a topic and there's, there's going to be a group that says it's kind of like this. And then there's going to be a group that says all the way at the other end of the field, it's kind of like this. 
kind of like ditch to ditch, you know, kind of thing. But there's a road in the middle where we're supposed to be walking, and nobody seems to be able to find that road. Because, for one thing, is we're not willing to look at the Word with an open and honest heart. And then if the Lord actually has something to show us or say to us, we're not willing to receive it. And what we end up doing is we end up rejecting it. You see, that is sin. That's what sin is. It's not drinking, smoking, cussing, lying, chewing like we've been told. It is resisting the Word of God for the sake of preserving our life in this world. He who saves his life will lose it. And I'm not talking about back then when I had my experience. I'm talking about right now. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Because if you harden your heart, you are walking in sin. And there are no sinners in the kingdom of God, by the way. See, there's a truth right there. Now, something, we either believe that or we reject that. Now, now, what if something just kind of jumped up inside right there? Right there about what I just said. We've got a choice, don't we? We can either lean into it and receive that, or we can try to convince ourselves or talk our way out of it. We have a sovereign free will that the Lord has given us, every man. And there are two parts to this walk. His part and our part. Because it's a covenant, right? I know in this society, in America, we don't really understand covenant. The closest thing we have to that is marriage. And marriage is a covenant. Of course, even today, we don't really understand the marriage covenant because we get married based on emotion or mind and emotion, which is, doesn't last. Never from the standpoint of really fully committed to it. It's kind of like... You know, right now this feels good. But that right now feeling good in a few months is probably not going to feel so good. So we're, it's going to be tested. And so that's why people don't understand and marriages don't last because people don't understand covenant. You know, when you make that covenant, the marriage covenant before God, that is a binding agreement before God. Now, there's the truth. We either believe that or we don't. And why would we not believe that? To protect something else, right? To retain our life in this world, right? Can we love the world and the things that are in the world and love God at the same time? Do we even know what the world is? Really? The world is not necessarily, you know, a pocket knife or a, uh, a baseball that's got signatures on it. It can be that, sure. But it's more about what's going on in, in our heart. See, we can get rid of tangible things real easy. But what about greed and pride and lust and anger and hatred and discord and jealousy and envy and resentment and bitterness? What about those things? You can't just move a tangible thing away from you and fix that. 
that has to be something that the Lord has to expose with the word. And then you've got to decide whether or not you're willing to let go of it or not. And see, if you're not willing to let go of it, then you don't, you're not walking by faith. If you're willing to let go of it, you understand faith. Because that faith right there is what motivates and, and causes us to let go of that right there. And that faith comes from hearing the word of God. And it has convinced or convicted us in our heart that it's true. And we believe. That's what believe is. It's not a mental ascent or having some experience. See, this is why salvation is not a, a place of attainment or arrival. Because it is today, right now, right in this moment, if we hear the word, something comes and touches our spirit or challenges us, we either receive that or we don't. And if we don't, we're not in salvation. We're in the world. Because we love the world, right? Or we don't. And so, when is a person born again? Truly born again? Is it when you say a prayer? Or you say some words? Or you accept Jesus as your personal Savior? Or you have an experience? Or an encounter? You know you can't live in two kingdoms, right? You cannot serve two masters. We are born again when the Word of God and the Spirit of God convinces us that Jesus Christ is Lord, that this world is not where it's at, and what we do is we, through the conviction of the Word and the Spirit, we let go of it. We reckon ourselves dead, and we are united with Him in His death, which is the, we have been separated from the world right there. That's when we become, step one, born again. And the Holy Spirit comes on sacrifice. So in that sacrifice right there, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us and on us. Not just on us, but in us. And the purpose of that is to lead us and guide us into all truth. From that point on, we begin a walk of salvation. We, we begin to grow up into Him, into the fullness of Christ, and come to a mature man. Lacking nothing pertaining to the kingdom of God. And we start as a baby and we crave milk and we desire to pure sincere milk to, to grow thereby. And we partake, partake, partake. And we begin to, to grow and then we begin to desire some, some more meaty stuff. Righteousness and, and, and understanding about the kingdom of God. And we partake, partake, partake. And we begin to grow and we become a, a man and we become mature and then... And then like in James, it says, if a man is never at fault, yet what he says, he is a perfect man. Or a perfect man is, is someone that is never at fault in what he says. Why would somebody never be at fault at what he says? Because he's dead to everything but him, but the Lord. He's, he has been separated. He has been sanctified, made holy, and perfected in faith and in the knowledge of God. He's become a mature man. And at that point right there, he can actually reproduce. He's useful to the master and prepared to do any good work that the master might choose. Not him, but the master. Like Jesus said, I don't do anything except 
what I see my father doing. Even he, he said that even. So if it, he says that, what do we say? The same thing. <laughs> Can we be joined to any other things in our heart and Jesus be Lord? I mean, see, we need to know about these things. We need to speak plain and be open about the word. And we need to understand all th- you know, things so, so that we can make a decision. Uh, we can either believe or not believe. But we don't need to be confused about these things. You cannot have two lords. There's a verse, I shared this with, uh, recently with a couple of people. Because it keeps coming up in my spirit. Because it's a simple verse, but it has a tremendous depth to it. And it's in Jonah, and it's, it's out of the, the older NIV version, because it says it better in, in there. But it says that those that cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. If you have a place in your heart for anything but the Lord, your heart is deceived. And you will begin to think that light is dark and dark is light, and good is evil, and evil is good, and flesh is spirit, and spirit is flesh. You are in presumption, and, in, and you are being deceived by the corruption in, in, of your own heart. The Word says that the heart is deceitful above all things. And it also says to guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Because that's where we know the Lord, and that's where He dwells in us. Because we are a temple. We're either a temple of, of the Lord, or we're a temple of something else. We cannot be a temple of both. Another question that comes up. Does God dwell in temples built by men's hands? Alright? Does he dwell in these houses with, that we call churches? It's called the house of God. But is it? See, they stoned Stephen for saying that. Killed him. And all he said is God doesn't dwell in your temple. Now, you think that temple was an idol to him? If it would bring him to that, it sure enough was. But uh, we want to hear what the Lord is saying to us. Because if we are hearing what the Spirit's saying, whenever the Holy Spirit and the Word of God show up, it's not just frivolous or by chance. What it is, is it comes to meet the needs that are in the place, in each one of us. Somebody will be sitting there and say, He's saying that right to me. We were talking earlier, and now he's talking right to me about it. Right in front of everybody. No, no, he's not. It's the, it's the word by the Spirit that's trying to get you to repent and submit to the Lord with your whole heart. Because that's what the Word of God does, is it separates, it separates, it separates. That's how you can know if something's of God or not. What's it trying to do in, in, in us? Is it trying to establish us in something? Or to put us in some sort of presumption or get us to be part of something or part of a group or follow some man or doctrine or teaching or tradition? Or is it trying to get us to repent and turn to him with all of our hearts so that he might be our Lord and that, and that we can receive the Holy Spirit and grow up into all things, into him? This is how he's going to bring forth his bride and build his house. And really, his house and his bride are the same thing. Or the church. It's the same thing. Now, see, if this happens in me, then I become one with Christ. 
And if this happens in me, and it happens in Pat, and happens in Rex, they each become one with Christ. And then, just like that, we become one with one another, with no division. What causes division? The flesh. And so, what did Jesus come to deliver us from? The flesh. He didn't come to save us and, and still be in the flesh. He came to deliver us from the flesh. See, that's what salvation is. To save us from sin. Deliver us from sin. So that we can be joined to Him. He's the way. Is the way available to everyone to believe? Yes. It is. Yes. What keeps us from believing? A lot of times it's having believed something else, another way. When I say believing about what we've been talking about, about the narrow way, about the way that requires a man to become a new creation, to come out of the world into the kingdom of God, not a way of trying to uh, be part of uh, another way. If we have received a doctrine and Granted, there's a lot of different doctrines out there. You know, you have the, the Baptist doctrine, accept uh, Jesus as personal Savior, baptized in water and that kind of thing, and, and say the prayer. Uh, the Pentecostals say, baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You know, the Church of Christ is it's all about water baptism, being completely submerged in the water and baptized into their church. There can't be any part of your body if your finger was sticking out and you weren't baptized, right? <laughs> It's kind of silly, isn't it? <laughs> it's ways that men have devised to, to do one thing. To avoid the cross is what that they do that for. The cross is an offense. To avoid the cross, they have devised other ways. And so if you received another way, then you have had a foundation laid in your heart other than Jesus being Lord. And so, to be able to come to this thing that we're talking about, it's going to require you to let go of or abandon or walk away from that old foundation right there. And we talk about it all the time about starting over, uh, laying everything down. See, all it means is that you just forget about all that stuff. You just put it away from you. And you come to the Lord with an open and a humble heart and just to know Him, just to want to know Him. And to love him and to be like him. What's wrong with that? Really, it's not about doing stuff. See, we get so busy doing stuff that we forget about the first love thing. About what I just said. I spend most of my time doing that. And if I find something that comes to me that I don't understand or see pertaining to knowing and, and loving and being like him, then I ask him. Lord, I, I got I I to know. I want to know about this because I want to know how you see this. I want to see it the way you see it. Not to go preach it so that I can know and have understanding so that I might not stumble or be misled or be deceived. Because, you know, navigating the world is like navigating a minefield, if you know what I'm talking about. This walk is, it is, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I believe that. But to be in the world and not of it in this environment that we live in 
it's, it's with much tribulation that we enter into the kingdom. And uh, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But God delivers them from them all. That's salvation. All of them. All. Well, what if he's not? Well, you take a look at what we've been talking about. What would be wrong with that? Test yourself to see if you be in the faith. Well, what if you see that you're not in the faith? Repent and believe. Y'all don't know how much freedom there is in the Lord that we have the ability to start over whenever we need to. Boy, that blesses me. I start over all the time. Why not? If things get a little cloudy, if things get a little... I just lay everything down and just go back to that that anchor in the rock kind of thing. You know, that's, that's, where, that's where we live right there. The anchor for the soul is that we can just trust in Him and rely on Him and adhere to Him and cleave to Him. That He, that he loves us and He cares for us and is, that He's gentle and humble in heart and that He desires that all men be saved. But he saves those that believe. It's those that believe that are saved. But he desires all men to come to the knowledge of the truth and be saved. But see, he's not doing that to get you to go do something. He's he's doing that so that you can know him. See, that is eternal life. It's not to, to join something. He doesn't want your money. He doesn't want your time. He doesn't want your efforts. He just wants your heart, your affection. That's another question. Where are your affections? Are they on the Lord or are they something else? There's a scripture that says, in a large house there's articles of gold and silver and of wood and clay. Some are for noble purpose, the gold and silver, right? And some are for ignoble. Here's the interesting thing. It says, If a man cleanses himself from the latter, the ignoble, then he becomes made holy, useful to the master, and prepared for any good work that he might choose. That's when the Lord might say, oh, go and do this, or go and do that. Now, granted, before that time, and you know, we're talking about this walk, we are a witness and a testimony of whatever the Lord has done in us, to us, and through us. In other words, we testify of him. Now, if you go learn something in a book or read some man's book and you think that you've acquired some some sort of special knowledge and you go try to tell people about that, you have just defiled and deceived that person that you told right there. You have just been an agent of death to somebody because you have just sown corruption in them. But if you take something that the Lord has worked in you, has established in your heart, you are a living testimony of it, and you testify to it, now you have become a tree of life. And you are speaking the very words of God right there. I'm going to share a verse that's going to blow your mind. It talks to Jesus. It says that he learned obedience from the things that he suffered. Boom! (laughs) He, see, he had to go through the same thing we do. How else can we do it if he hadn't gone before us and 
prepared the way and overcame. See, this is not taught in religion. See, what has been taught is they speak of aspects of what he did, but no reference to what our part is. There's two parts to this, his part and our part. Like we said earlier, this is a covenant. He did his part, and we come into covenant with him. In other words, we give up our life, and we receive his life. And he gave up his life, and he received our life. And we become one. Now, if I enter into covenant with him, and then my heart goes after other things, what does that make me? Yeah. A, a covenant breaker, for one thing. That's a serious offense. Read, uh, what is it, in Deuteronomy, where it talks about the blessings and the curses? 28? 28. Yeah. He said, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. And, but if you do this, this is what's going to happen. And you begin to see why things are the way they are today because of this. It's a serious thing to enter into covenant with God.